0: Well, hey ladies, I am so excited to have another guest on. We have Serena Backus, and um, uh, Serena, the first time that I met Serena, Serena, I know that You don't have, like, the memory of an elephant. That is true. So you probably don't remember this, but I I heard Serena speak at Fields of Faith, which was an FCA event in high school, and she spoke about how she'd gone on a mission trip to Africa, and um, I don't know if—I think I was probably in college and had come back to it, and then we were, uh, for a short period of time, in a kind of young wives life group together and maybe— both of our first year of marriage, 2009, 10, somewhere in there. And uh, she's like looking at me like, I don't remember any of this.
1: I do remember that, but I can't, like, I did not remember that until you said that.
0: Yes. That's crazy. So Serena's going to learn all kinds of things. Yes, about myself. (laughs) (laughs) And um, and we're currently in fellowship together at Victory Life Church. Um, Serena is a pastor at Victory Life. And Serena is kind of an everything kind of of Gal, so my husband and I um, also are are realtors, and we have worked with Serena. She has a, a business called um, Iris. Design. You got yes. it. Yes, you can find her on Instagram, yeah. follow her there. Uh, but she does staging, among other things. And so we've worked with her on some things like that. She has a a love for God, a love for a beauty, invention, a family. Uh, Serena is a mom of five. Mm-hmm. Um, she has, uh, through, through, um, through natural means, adoption, foster care, and I'm sure we'll dive into some of that. Um, So just to set up this conversation and why I've invited Serena, um, sometimes I tell people um, it's, it's easier to, like, Look at your life through the lens of someone else's life, and sure. we get to do that with Serena today. She's on this journey <laughs> this past year that I think is awesome, and you're gonna have to go follow her Instagram to really um, stay up to date with it. What is your Instagram handle? Okay, so it's Iris on Elm Street. Iris on Elm Street, which is kind of out there, but I can even
1: explain why that name. In a little bit, if you need me to. Okay, so
0: speaking of Elm Street, um, Serena had this beautiful home in Durant on Elm Street. The home still exists today, in fact. Serena no longer owns this home. Yes. Uh, But Serena had this amazing home that um, she... Became mom to five all during this home. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Her husband became uh, lead pastor of Victory Campus at this home. She did many things, wore many hats while at this home. Yeah. And then um, last year— uh, last summer, um, someone had spoken a, um, a word over you that said, uh, but something to the effect of if you trust the Lord, your life's going to look drastically different a yes. year from now. And so, long story short, um, and we're going to dive into this, but Serena and her husband and her five kids decided to downsize the material aspect of their life. And they saw how many square feet was your big house? So it was almost 3,000. Okay, so they went from a 3,000-square-foot home, With,
1: approximately, like, five bedrooms, three bathrooms, I think is about— It's so funny, I
0: forget now. But, yeah, about five bedrooms, three bathrooms. Be, uh, it's absolutely a stunning, stunning home. And, and tell us what you—in the material, because <laughs> we're going to be talking material, and we're going to be talking spiritual, sure. too. So, materially, what did you downsize to that you live in today? Okay, so we went from
1: 3,000-square-feet— five bedrooms. And I even say that because we technically could have had a six bedroom. We had so much room. We had a playroom. Um, we went from that square footage to currently 350 square feet. So we have, um, now our entire house is actually two rooms. We have, um, two toilets and one shower. So that's our current like transition of life. So it was drastically different. And how many was
0: that? Um, August when you guys transitioned so into. We, um,
1: I did receive a word. Um, and you just stop me if I'm oversharing okay. or if you want to go a different direction, but um, we, I received a word at Jubilee, which is our conference, and it kind of signifies this beginning of a new year for us. And so at Jubilee, and um, we had all these phenomenal speakers come in and all these incredible insights. And I went every night saying like, God, what are you saying? And the only thing I heard the entire conference um, was this time next year, your life will look radically different. And, um, I'm like, Oh, what does that mean? You know? And so we went through like kind of this entire week and God just putting these things on my heart and, um, little decisions. And so after Jubilee that ended on a Friday, Zach and I decided to load our kids up on Sunday after church. And we went to Austin, Texas, actually text Justin on the way. I'm like, Hey, help me price my house, um, on the way there. And, um, we decided let's do this. Let's, sell our house. This was not on our radar before. Um, It was totally this. This is an idea. We went to Austin for the weekend a few days, came back and listed our house and within 12 hours had a full price offer. So it was a let's do it kind of adventure.
0: And so for those listening that may, like you and when we say like you received a word sure. or, or God mm-hmm. said something to you, um, a lot of times when that when that happens, um, that could either be an affirmation, like a, that God is already stirring something in you, and then he brings someone along in the body of Christ to just kind of water that Absolutely. seed. Or, um, or maybe it's something that that is the seed, and then the sure. Lord— if that is his seed, waters, what that is. So with regard to that um kind of prophetic encouragement sure. you've received, had the Lord already been stirring in your heart, Hey, change is coming, transition is sure. coming, or was that the beginning of that conversation between you and the Lord?
1: Um, I would say it was a three year process, and i I say that because um for we started foster care in two thousand and sixteen. And whenever we moved into our house, we had lived there about five years. When we moved into our house, the big house on Elm Street, um, we had two children. My youngest was about to be one. And at the time, my oldest would have been three. We started foster care. And during that process, what um, I had several miscarriages. Different things kind of happened. We started foster care knowing that we would adopt someday. Um, and we had children in and out of our home. Then during that season, I would say it was probably one of the hardest seasons of my life. Um, It was very challenging emotionally, but also in terms of like vision, I would say we, I just went through a lot of change personally. We did as a couple, we did as a family. And what I began to see is God just really eliminating this stuff in terms of just even material. Um, I would, you know, the more people I feel like you add to your family, the more stuff collects. And so what I found is that even in 3000 square feet, we only use certain rooms. And I think all of us kind of experience that your kids are usually right beside you, yes. but we were getting more stuff. And so I felt like in the term or in this kind of transition of bringing children in and emotionally that process of fostering and what that does, um, even to you as a person, I was just being overwhelmed by all the stuff that was collecting in my house. And so for three years, we went through this process of um I am by nature a very adventurous person. Enneagram seven. I'm enneagram seven. Yeah,
0: Um, I'm married to seven. Jesse Syllez is seven. Okay, it's in my top. It's in my my upper enneagram stuff. So I I see the sevens. I honor the sevens. (laughs) The sevens are woo woo. Um, But
1: there is with that. There's this passion and this love for change. And so, um, I have to be very careful sometimes that I don't get us into situations that are overwhelming because I just like to jump. But what I found through this is like, God just really like loving me through this process and teaching me how to be still. Mm-hmm. And, um, for a seven, that's a, that's a hard thing because you, you, um, you, um, you want to dream, you want to hear God and what's next. And so this, of course, over three years, it was like, I just found I wasn't as excited about stuff. I wanted to really have experiences with my kids. And then we um, we ended up adopting two babies out of foster care. And um, then I found out I was pregnant after I didn't think I could get pregnant. Love that testimony. Yes, with this little amazing baby, Phoenix, and she's uh, just this perfect like caboose to our long train. But um, in that, we went from two kids to five kids, really within kind of this year of two adoptions and then a pregnancy and a delivery. And so our life was upside down um, in the terms of like what we knew. Um, we had at the time when we when Phoenix was born, I had five kids under the age of six, and so this big house with all of this stuff to take care of. Now all of these children, which was so ch- a dream. I mean, that's everything I wanted. But I found like I wasn't I wasn't living in this state of rest. I felt like I was having to maintain order and almost to help us survive, keep our house in order. And so whenever I got that word at Jubilee and, and God just spoke that to my heart and it wasn't this audible voice, it wasn't anything extreme. It was just this, I really do feel like it was just a little thing dropped into my heart of this time next year, your life will look radically different. There had been three years Of this seed sowing process, um, and just figuring out like what do we really want out of life, and so when that word was spoken, it was that's it, and um, and it wasn't a clear this is what you need to do, but in just a conversation with my husband,
0: um, we knew what we wanted to do and what we needed to do. So that was kind of our journey. So in in response to that, and in this transition, kind of post summer, why was the house? like a catalyst in this obedience and in this journey. Why was the house the first thing that had to go on the market that had to that sure. had to shift? Why a big, beautiful home?
1: Absolutely. Uh like that makes me emotional because this, um, and I'll always say this, like this, this house for me represented so much more than just a house. And um what it represented was you know whenever we found this house it was still a beautiful home but it there were so many areas that um wasn't us and so we spent four almost 5 years um really cultivating this vision of what we wanted for our home and um during the time that we lived in that house i lost four pregnancies And, um, of course we fostered. And so what, and I'm a very project minded person. I love projects. I love to paint like painting is my favorite thing to do. And so in this house, there were little like projects, if you will, that I did to every room, um, things that were just vision, if you will, that, you know, was in my heart that I worked on. And, um, and what God taught me in that house is how to truly mourn but then Mm -hmm. how to rejoice. And so um, I could walk into that house and it it maybe was painted blue on the wall. But for me, that was probably a week's worth of tears and God time because after my kids would go to bed, it was like I would work on something. And he taught me how to mourn. And I don't know that I had ever truly let go of things and, and knew how to do that properly, um, until I was in that house. And so this house was this amazing adventure for us of creating not just a house, but a home. It was a place of welcoming in, you know, orphans and bringing them into our family. It was a place of, um, it was a place of processing loss, but also rejoicing with, um, with new birth. But I think there was a point to where um, God, you know, just again, kind of just spoke to my heart in one of those late night projects of Serena, you've outgrown this. And I think there was a season for me right before we decided to sell the house where I realized staying here almost kept me in that. And there was a place to where I had outgrown the need for that. Like it taught me what it needed to in this season. And I was at a place to where I didn't need all of that to know now how to hear God and how to mourn and how to process. And um, I had just grown up. And so the house was obviously to some people, a house for me, it was this journey of me understanding and discovering me. And so when God said to, to sell it and to move on, it was almost a celebration. Um, it was sad, but it also was like, we did it. We yeah. did what we were called to do in that season. And now we get to walk away from it with excitement, not sadness.
0: I love that. And I I, I kept thinking, I'm, I'm like, cue the Miranda Lambert song, the house that built me. Um, but I love that so often God does things or things happen in the natural that God uses to speak. And and so I love that when you look back, it's almost like a parable of your Absolutely. life that you guys were in this house and you, you were walking out home yeah. with the Lord um, so that you could take home out. I mean, you left the house, but the sense of home is something that, that is in you. It even makes me think of God's Word where He He tells His disciples, you know, in my Father's house are many rooms. Absolutely. If it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. And it makes me think about how, and, and I think this is important, listeners, I just want to note this, there are times where we are in a certain room with the Lord. Absolutely. But there are many rooms mm-hmm. in the Father's house in eternity, but right now, right now in his kingdom that we live in. And so there's a time to release, and there's a timing of release, and that seed time um, and harvest. And, and so, as you released that, Serena, what does that look like to then take those things that the Lord has taught you in such a broad and diverse space sure. and replicate those? in a tiny space, right. but with souls the, of these children that have now grown to be in your care, these from like zero to five, yeah. um, how do you how do you instill the truth that the Lord put into you in that big place, like with this mass population of people in this tiny little place? What Absolutely. does that look like?
1: Um, it's so funny. We were at my friend's house yesterday, kind of helping her do some house projects. And um, she lives in a big, like over 3000 square foot home. And my son, he came at the end of the day to help us move. And he walked into our garage. He's like, mom, what is this? And I just started laughing. He had no idea what a garage was. And, um, it's just so funny. Those things that like, even, um, just again, there's this kind of excitement and, um, energy around this sense of wonder. And I think for my kids, living in this RV and living in such a small space has really opened up this excitement for adventure and wonder in a new way. I grew up, um, of course, playing outside like most people of my generation. And I remember like my grandma locking us outside all day and not letting us come in. And um, whenever I got older, I lived overseas and there was this part of me that knew I wanted to raise my children in an environment that was very different than what I knew culturally, in a sense, America kind of culturally was. And... um I, that didn't happen and all my kids were born you know locally and um, we are now planted in a ministry that's here in Durant and um, just God kind of expanding my heart for Durant but what I found in that was I didn't want my kids to lose that sense of wonder. And so really I didn't even know that we were missing that until we moved into the RV and just seeing them explore they're always outside. But they also have to share space with each other. And so there are five of them in one room, a small room. They each have their own bed, but um, they're, they live very close to each other. And I think what that's done is um, it's just made me more aware of our relationship and connection together. And so um, we're always doing things together as a family where, we're, you know, we're really in this season, just working on and, and cultivating this sense of family and love for each other. And so almost by eliminating all of the stuff, God even gave me what my heart's desire was. And it was this sense of adventure that, you know, you get you get busy doing life and you forget, I think even at times, what our core values because mm-hmm. you get kind of swept away in what you have to do. You know, you have to work, you have to do this or whatever. And um, he brought me back to this place of by simplifying, even showing me what was in my own heart that I had forgotten, that I had gotten so busy doing life that I had forgotten this was important to me. And uh, maybe growing up, I thought it would look a different way. But he still brought it around, and he allowed for me to now share this with my kids, and so um, I think that has has been one of the most beautiful things of this season mm-hmm. is getting to go back to what's important for Zach and I as a family. What are our family's core values, and getting to now establish them in maybe an out of the box way that sure we could do in this big house. But um, that's not what we're supposed to do, you know, and we there's grace. There's so much grace for mm-hmm. living in an RV right now. It is insane. Um, so, yeah, that that's kind
0: of where we are and the beauty, if you will, in the process. That's awesome. Um, just in thinking about the natural versus the spiritual and, and the reality is that, um, you know, we're triune beings. We are spirit Absolutely. beings. Is as much as we are, as much as we have a, a body and a flesh, and um, and so as your material world downsized, mm-hmm. how have you found that the capacity of your spirit and your soul has just uh, kind of come back to life? As you put that, as you put things Absolutely. on a lighter end of the scale, how has how's the rest of you come alive and sure. grown in capacity?
1: Um, it is, I don't know that there are words to adequately adequately describe what this, it's been, okay, we went tiny in August. So it's been like this six month-ish kind of window. And um, I have experienced almost, I, I just want to say like a rebirth of myself. And I think the reason being is because going through foster care, um, we were introduced to trauma. We were introduced to things that... I, You know, we've all experienced some childhood trauma at some level, but I think in um, being in, if you will, some trenches with extreme trauma and the effects that that had taken on just me, really, and I can only speak for myself, I had just almost... I felt very defeated in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, when you're raising children that are biologically not yours and seeing things and trying to navigate all of that, it was exhausting. And so I think I was just at the place to where I felt overwhelmed. And then I had just birthed a baby. I was nursing a baby, like all of these physical things that the last year in our big home was just exhausting. And, um, mentally, emotionally, like physically I was depleted. So to go to a place to where now you're living in the small space, you're constantly with people. It took some adjustment, but also what I found is like, I wasn't busy all the time. You know, um, my kids, we, we pretty much have one small storage unit. We got rid of everything else. So my kids have really a week's worth of clothing, um, Still, even if you have five, that's a lot of laundry, but it's nothing compared to what it was. So even during the day for me, I don't spend all day walking up and downstairs cleaning my house to be ready for the end of the day for them to come home. I almost felt lost at first because I didn't know what to do. I wasn't spending time cleaning up my yard. I wasn't, you know, all of these things. And I just, for the, honestly, the first time I stepped back and I was able to breathe Mm -hmm. And I think even being able to rest, and we have really focused even on our um, Sabbath rest as a yeah. family and taking a day. And what does that actually look like? Since we have been in the tiny house, that has become something that is now a discipline for us as a family. And um, just making those things a priority, what it's done for me as a person has been this huge flip. Like I don't, I don't even recognize the person that I was because. I feel like I was just raised from the dead. And I know that's so extreme. Like how has this process done that? But I think it just eliminated the need to be busy. Yeah. And it taught me how to enjoy rest. And now I wake up and, um, I've even, my season looks different and I wake up every day and I'm like, God just put me at the perfect place at the right time. And, um, I would have never done that before, before I would have had stuff to do all the time. And so there's, for me, it's been huge. It's been huge with my connection with my husband, mm-hmm. because I feel like, um, you know, you can't run away from each other. Like there's nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> so the communication at the end of the day, isn't us turning on a TV and sitting mm-hmm. and watching something. It's, Hey, um, the TV's going to be too loud. So we actually have to talk to each other. And we were good at that before, but we've gotten so much better at that, yeah. that now at the end of the day is our time to actually communicate and speak and talk. And so, um, and that as a wife is fulfilling and it's needed and it's essential. And that need wasn't being met in me. And I didn't realize that that was even a need. So again, um, so much stuff in unpacking, I feel like I could talk about this for years um, but just again, in this in the simple act of what I feel like is just a, a small snip of obedience, what God has brought about in my life in terms of seeing the fruit of that has been huge.
0: Yeah, Um, I just I keep thinking about how the Lord uses seasons and He uses things, um, whether it's a home or something different, to shape us and to transform us. She talked about you know how she felt like it may have sounded dramatic to say that she was like rebirth, but the word says that we are transformed from one degree of glory. To another, that there is a newness of life, mm-hmm. that there is a fullness of the Holy Spirit. And I actually have the belief that until the day I pass from this earth, I'm going to become a little more alive each day. Absolutely. And then when the death of this world knocks on my door, then I'll be fully alive, yeah. you know, to be present with Christ. And and so, uh, but anyway, but I totally, as a woman, um, I think we can all relate to what you're saying. I think that the Lord used things to shape us, but if we're not careful, We will um, let those things become our identity, and that's not the point of it. And so when I look back even on like careers that I've had, the Lord is always speaking. He's always teaching things, but there's that temptation to let those things become my identity. And and so I'm a realtor, as I mentioned, but since May I've not done a real estate transaction Mm -hmm. by choice. And I'm just focusing on ministry and motherhood, and it's been really— Um, difficult because um, there's not a great metric for my success in that. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not like black and white, like sales production, sales volume, contracts closed, you know, in real estate, it's so easy to say, okay, wow, I'm succeeding or wow, I'm not succeeding. But with ministry and motherhood, like, I, I am in this process myself of learning to not put confidence in my flesh. And, uh, and Paul, Paul is the author that, that writes that and says, I've, I've learned this, that to not put confidence in my, in my flesh. And so I, I would encourage you ladies, you listeners, to take a look at your life, at the good things, at the blessings. I love real estate. Serena loved her home. And just be willing to ask the Lord Is there any confidence or trust in this thing that you've Mm -hmm. blessed me with that is actually lessening my confidence and my trust in you in your spirit? And then if that is the case, then ask the Lord, okay, how do I shift that? That may not mean that you need to stop your career or that you need to downsize your home, but... He may want to speak to you about that. And I just, I think we can get in that rhythm. And I'm not saying you found your identity in your home. Sure. I just, I think that's what rem, it reminds me Absolutely. of As I'm thinking about how um, things can just become us. And when things become us, it stops us becoming like Christ.
1: Absolutely. It, that has actually been like the last, and you don't know this, but um, the last, probably really focusing in the last month and since the start of the new year, I didn't go into 2020 with these extreme like this is my list of what I want to accomplish. It was more of, God, whatever you lay in front of me, I'm gonna I'm gonna be obedient to do and and really um, walk that out. But one of the things to me that um, has been huge is that even in business, taking away everything outside of really just being a child of Christ. Um, that I had this huge revelation uh, for myself, and you know, whenever you hear other people share things, it's like, oh, that's great. But when it becomes alive to you, mm-hmm. it takes on this totally different, like yeah. revelation. Wow, that's amazing! And so, um, just a few weeks ago, I got I had this moment in prayer, and um, I felt very clearly that God told me, and this is being very vulnerable, but yeah. um, that Serena, you're scared. And a lot of time control, whether it be with our children, with our situations, with our spouse, with our business, control is really just this cover for fear.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And he
1: said, um, you are are running after things and you're being successful because you walk in favor with both God and with man. Um, You're going to have favor on your life. But those things that you're doing are really just you operating in a you're good at. And it's this fear of actually failing at the things that matter. That's yeah. why you're running and pursuing those things So true. because you're good at those things. And I think even with business, what I found is that there wasn't a whole lot of like grace I had to lean into to actually perform and to do things well. But you take away like that in everything else in my life during the season of even living in my home felt very heavy because I wasn't truly leaning into the grace that God had provided. Yeah. And so for me, what it's even been this last month is offloading a lot of things that I do very naturally. Yes. And leaning into things that require this huge exponential amount of God's grace because without yes. Him I can't do it. And um just realizing what are things that we're hiding, if you will, or controlling because we're actually scared at failing at some things. And so even what you're saying, like, that's what this journey is on me, so much so that even in business and and things, I'm having things thrown at me, but I'm saying no, because I know in this season, um, that's not what obedience looks like. It looks like being very present and intentional to actually lean into things that require... This full amount of grace that I can't do in myself. Yeah. I don't want to live a life that looked easy. I don't in the sense of I can always do it. I wanna live yeah. a life that looks like if God doesn't come through, I'm toast. That's right. And, and leaning in on in his trust and in his grace at a way that like um requires me to do, if you will, scary things but they're not scary because he's there.
0: It's like perpetually being on the Red Sea Road. And I think yes. of Ellie Holcomb's song, Red Sea Road, you should go look it up, but based on the narrative in Exodus, of course. And just that, like, no matter what, I'm going forward because yep. you have called me forward. Mm-hmm. You have to take care of what's in front of me. You have to take care of what's behind Absolutely. me. I have to take care of my feet. Yep. And my feet are going to go mm-hmm. forward in Jesus' name. And um, I just, I'm so encouraged to hear you, you say that Um in December, I'd had a dream um, about this woman, the awesome lady that I know, grandma, and she was holding a grandchild, and and, um, and she was just standing in this picturesque uh, moment, like on a hill, and it was a sunset, and her home was behind her, and a camper, because she loved to camp, and all of these great things, and I just thought... What an amazing picture! Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the things started to disappear, and all that lef- was left was her and her grandchild and God's creation, and to, and they, everything else just vanished. And it just—it was a reminder to me. And I think she's the kind of woman and that's why the Lord used her that understands. She understands that the value of life is in God's creation yeah. and in His people. They're made in His image, and so that has challenged me to think about. What are the riches and the treasures of heaven? They are my little tiny people mm-hmm. that I'm t- that like, oh, my gosh. I would so rather run and do a real estate transaction Absolutely. than, like, get down on the floor with a six-year-old having mm-hmm. a tantrum, you know? Um, but I have, no, I have no ability in the parenting game outside of God coming Absolutely. through. And so— um, Psalm one twenty-eight, ladies looking up if you don't know it, but that's where the Lord has had me this year, or for for twenty twenty that that chapter, and and it says uh, talking about the woman that she's going to be like a fruitful vine in her home and her kids are going to be like olive shoots, and her husband's going to be blessed, and all of these things. And so I'm like on this journey of what does it look like to be a fruitful vine? Well, really, the true vine is Christ. So what does it look like to look like Christ in my home?
1: Absolutely. And
0: um, and so I've been thinking, Serena, i have not shared this like any, anywhere live, but just with Jesse, but like I'm going to take a month, this designated month, and it's going to be like my home month and like to the hour, I have to spend far more hours at home than anywhere else. And that may sound crazy to some listeners, but even I was like, oh, I'll do it in February. And I was like, oh, that's it's a busy month. We can't do that in February. <laughs> like all these other, there's right. women's conference yeah. going on. There's a, a trip with my husband going on. I've got my kid's birthday, my husband's birthday. So like this can't happen in February, but I'm gonna have to be diligent with it. Absolutely. And I look forward to what the Lord is gonna teach me because that's that could be a really long month for mm-hmm. me to intentionally put myself in a place for thirty days or thirty-one days, where I have to be so dependent on God to come through, to equip me, to mm-hmm. set still, to focus on motherhood, to focus on being a wife and a fruitful vine. And um, so, anyway, ladies, we're not. Serena and I are just having a conversation as friends. We're not saying. It, like you need to hear from the lord for yourself Absolutely. we're not saying like that there's anything Serena and I are both entrepreneurs we both do work outside of the home we both do ministry in and outside of the home but god calls us to different things at different times and life is a rhythm with him and it's being led by spirit and and so i would just ask you listener like what is there an area of your flesh that god's calling you to let go of because you're depending on it. Mm -hmm. You're depending on yourself too much and your own ability rather than leaning in, leaning into his grace. And, and so Serena, let me ask you this, what does it look like now? And we'll just kind of, we'll start to wrap this up because we could, could talk all day. Like, you know, that God's plans for you are good. You know that you won't be in an RV forever. It is not likely that you're going to be in an RV forever. In Jesus' (laughs) name. Yeah. Um, So What does it look like to have contentment right now? Like knowing, you know, this isn't forever, but for this season, be it a month, be it a year, this is where God has me. What's that balance of dreaming and having vision with the Lord and being content in the moment? Sure.
1: That's a good question. I actually posted on Instagram um, about that topic recently. Um, for me, what God is teaching me is, uh, again, being this personality seven, I'm just starting to understand myself more and more. I always thought I was just an oddball, but then learning about my personality type, I'm like, there are other people like me out there. Um, but what I'm discovering is with this gift to really, and, and having a prophetic vision for your family, your home, I knew I wanted to adopt at seven years old. I just knew that. Um, my grandma and I would pray about it all the time. I knew like again what my life would in parts look like and so I've always kind of had that gift but what I'm learning now is that um I don't want to run ahead of what God wants me to learn in this season and I want to be a person like big people carry big things and small people, if you will, cannot carry big things. Well, what makes you a big person? And I think it's being expanded and grown by the process. And so if I'm a person that doesn't like the process, I don't think I'm ever fully going to become this big, like carrier of things. And so for me, being content in this season looks like being willing to be every day present to the process. And I've never liked that before in my life, but I'm finding the value in that right now. And so while I have dreams, I have visions, I have goals. My husband and I even financially made the decision to downsize, and part of that was a financial goal. But I also am like, I'm just waiting until God says something else. And so I think being content for me, looks like seeing other people that are living differently and not letting anything creep into my heart or my mind in comparison with their life. Um, Even yesterday, like I said, I was at my friend's house and she lives in this large house and she has a dishwasher and she has a washing machine and dryer in her home. And um, currently I don't have any of those things. And this morning I woke up like I was having dreams all night of a of a house. <laughs> and um, I woke up this morning and I'm like, I, I don't even want to go there. Like, God, I thank you that in my thoughts, I am so thankful for what I have right now. And I think thankfulness and learning how to be thankful has been a key to unlocking contentment, contentment, contentness. There we go. Um, and just being content in this season. And so that's what I would say is, have dreams, let God stir that, but also don't get ahead of that to where you don't enjoy where you are and um if I had like advice for my 16 year old self that's what I would say yeah like good. learn how to be a dreamer, but also don't look so far ahead that you don't find the value in this season and um it, because man, to go back even when my kids were smaller, like what I rushed through. I don't want to do that. I don't want them to be 20 and and me looking back feeling like I rushed it. I want to be in every single mess they're in for the rest of their lives and just enjoying every moment. So,
0: yeah. yeah. That's so good. That's so good. I keep thinking about this verse uh, from, um, from the third – well, it's from the third – um, letter of john and it's it's uh, chapter one verse 2 and, and it says dear friend i hope all is well with you and that you're healthy in body is you're strong in spirit or uh, another translation may read that strong in spirit part that you'd be prosperous in your soul and i just want to encourage our listeners to make that a priority this year um, that you would be strong in your spirit and that you would be prosperous in in your soul, and that you would trust that if God is asking you to release something, it is because what he wants to put in your hand is better. And I'll close with this example. We have a little globe piggy bank, and um, my daughter, um, she's in class with Serena's son. I guess they've been learning about Peru. And she wanted to see Peru on this globe. And so I like spun it around and I showed her like, here's Peru. And then my three-year-old daughter thought real long and hard about what she, something was that she knew. And she could think of Rocket Park, which was like the park in Durian. Yeah. And she's like, show me on that globe, Rocket Park. <laughs> because that's where her life, like, yes. that's something she knew to ask for. Mm-hmm. And I showed her that. <clears throat> but it reminded me. That God, uh, the cattle on a thousand hills are His. He created the whole world Absolutely. and called it into being. And sometimes we get so like caught in the rocket park seasons of mm-hmm. life, like, I want to see this, show me this, this is the best thing in the world, that we forget there's so much more Absolutely. that He has. So, so um, Serena, if you would just close out by praying blessing over the women listening and godly wisdom for them, if they're feeling uh, some conviction or some call from what you've been talking about. Absolutely.
1: Father, I just thank you for your grace that you have given us this abundance of grace that we lean not to our own understanding, but in all of our ways. I just thank you, God, that we acknowledge who you are and the plans that you have for our lives. I thank you that you have called us, that you have equipped us, that even as women, you have um, you have fashioned us in your image, that you have put gifts and calls and anointings on our lives. And I thank you, God, in, in every season, not just our current season, not just future seasons, God, but in every season, that we would be present and intentional to what you're saying and what you're doing. I thank you that even those people around us that stretch us and that um, call us to to different levels, that we would see you in them. I thank you for mothers out there to have these Supernatural eyes to see the gifts in their children. That each of my children teach me about you, Father, in different ways. And I thank you that I'm sensitive to see you in them. I thank you, God, that you teach me how to love, that you teach me patience, that you teach me joy that you teach me um, forgiveness, that you teach me grace, that you teach me empathy through every day with my kids. And, and for those women who long to be mothers, for those women who are even in this season, maybe a foster care or through adoption and, and working through bonding or working through the effects of trauma, I just thank you, God, that you would be present, that you would be near to the brokenhearted, that you would be um, near to those that are crying out for a miracle, God, that you, you hear, And you don't leave us in hard seasons. So I thank you, God, for just this supernatural peace for every woman that's listening, for the conversation today, God, that you would plant, that you've planted even seeds in our hearts that maybe for some they've been waiting for a confirmation to jump. I thank you, God, that this would be a watering of that seed and there would be an encouragement to look I don't know what's next, but I know that you're doing it, and I know that in obedience, my obedience changes history. It changes history for my children, for my grandchildren, for my life. And I thank you, God, for each and every woman that, as we make hard decisions, as we as we join together with our spouse or or the belief and standing in prayer for that spouse, God, that you would just. Um, you would launch us into this beautiful mystery with you that we never have it figured out. But I thank you that you're our friend, you're our father, you're our adventure partner, and you never leave us or forsake us. But we get to we get to enjoy life because it's a mystery and it's a beautiful journey with you every single day. So empower us, launch us, equip us, call us, God. And, and, and we just say, here we are whatever you have for us, we choose to do, even if it's hard, even if it's scary, because we know that you're carrying us, that your weight and your call isn't something that we have. It's not a burden. It's something that we get to enjoy with you in every day for the rest of our lives. And so we just thank you for it. I thank you for this time and the opportunity to even just share what you've done And I thank you, God, that this would be a tool, that a catalyst for others as they step into the next, that this would be a defining moment for some that say, okay, I can do it. I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. (laughs) There are other people out there like me, and I'm going to take the risk. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. We gather for our monthly worship gathering open to any woman who has interest the second Tuesday of every month at the Monterey in the Arts District of Durant, Oklahoma.